good morning or afternoon or weekend, whatever you are listening to this. Um, thanks for tuning in. Fourth iteration of the AHS Fantasy Bros podcast. TBD on a guest today. Originally, I had said, no, we'll skip a week for the guest. But I had some fun ideas, and then I realized we are all turning 30 this year, and is the mad rush of 30th birthday parties starting now apparently so i will be gone tomorrow which means i don't have time to edit this tomorrow so whatever we'll see how it goes maybe you'll have a guest at the end of this maybe not we'll see speaking of 30th birthday parties if you are around the chicago area or the wicker park area of chicago on the 20th of november uh, I believe Crystal is hosting a small 30th birthday party for me at a local bar. I'm just going to rent out some tables or some pizza into the bar or something. Pretty chill. I don't really want to do anything crazy, to be honest. So, But yeah, if you're in the area, hit me up and I'll let you know what's going on. I figured we could do a quick little news recap for the week because this week is kind of crazy, to be honest. Obviously, the big news, Derrick Henry possibly out for the season definitely out for six weeks probably closer to eight to ten weeks so that basically puts him out for the season as far as fantasy football is concerned i'm curious if this will modify his value for next year obviously if he continued producing even at a 80 percent rate of what he's been producing this year he would have been the number one overall pick but with this injury i don't know i'm not sure i i suppose there really hasn't been anybody who's been standing out like he did or like McCaffrey did two years ago or like Dalvin Cook did last year. So we'll see. I'm not sure how that's going to go. Poor Kura. I can't, I can't believe it. It's just Kura and Yanni cannot catch a break. I actually left Kura out the other week when I mentioned past champions because Kura actually did win maybe three years ago or two years ago. So I forgot to mention him in that, but since then, it has not been a good situation for him. I can't, I cannot believe the injuries on his team. Derrick Henry, obviously, you know, his first-round pick, probably out for the year. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, third-round pick maybe, second-round pick, I don't know. He's been out for three weeks, four weeks, five weeks, I don't know, still not returning to practice. George Kittle, third-round pick. Out for four weeks, five weeks. I don't think he's been activated off the IR yet. Um, who else is in here? Julio Jones. I don't even know if he's played more than two games this year. Kyler Murray. Probably out for two weeks. So we've got Derrick Henry, Kyler Murray, Julio Jones, Clyde, George Kittle. I mean, the injuries are just absolutely brutal. And I think for him it's a race to stay out of the bottom spot rather than get towards the top. Same thing with Yanni. He hasn't had the injuries for the most part. Um, pretty average, but still, most points against. Last week against me, I mean, he needed, I think it was nine points out of Travis Kelsey, which I assumed, well, I lost. I mean, it's Travis Kelsey. Tight end and one. 2.7 points. I mean, come on. Monday Night Football, you got Gotta have more than what four receptions, 27 receiving yards, and a fumble lost. I mean, come on, absolutely brutal. Just 
he was the only player to score over 100 and lose. And it's not like I blew him out, you know. I won by six, maybe. So, oof. Just, just a rough go. Moving on in the news. Obviously, this Aaron Rodgers news. For those of us who are Packer fans, which is all but one of us, I believe, it's it's not the worst news in the world, I think. On one hand, it's frustrating because there's a world where the Packers are punished in a draft compensatory way due to him him being Aaron Rodgers not following protocols since he was clearly unvaccinated. And the Packers must have known that. I mean, there's really no way they wouldn't have known that. So if they weren't enforcing his, you know, vaccination protocols, then that's their that's their fault. So I think worst case scenario here, Rodgers misses possibly two games as um, he can't return until November 13th. So if he ha- if he can't clear those two negative tests, then he won't be returning for next week's game either. But worst case scenario, he misses one, maybe two games, and then leaves Green Bay, and Green Bay is left with draft pick penalties. I mean, that would be absolutely the worst-case scenario. However, despite being short notice, I think it's good that we're going to see Jordan Love because we need to see him before the end of this year. I mean, we have to, and we're a good team, so we're not going to be able, you know, it's not going to be week 14 and we're sitting at, you know, 3-10 and 10 or 3-9. and nine. That's not how this is going to be. We're going to be the top of the NFC, so we're not going to see Jordan Love this year, um, or we wouldn't have if this hadn't happened. So we can, you know, we can lose a game and be fine. We can lose two games and be fine. I would love to see Jordan Love out there because if he looks like absolute garbage, then we know we need to go in a different direction. So, I mean, it's not an ideal situation, but I think that there's some good to be taken out of this. So moving on. Odell Beckham Jr., I mean, is this is this his last foray in the NFL? I don't know, but it kind of seems like it. His current salary makes it so that he's probably a cut candidate, but he's not going to be picked up on waivers because starting this week after the trade deadline, if you pick a player off waivers, um, this is like real waivers, not fantasy football waivers, real waivers um, in the NFL, then you are liable for their entire salary, whereas pre- um, pre-trade deadline, that's not how it works. So I believe he's owed like $9 million next year and then $8 million the following year. So I don't think any of that is guaranteed money, but nobody's going to pay that anyways. So I don't know what they're going to do, but it sounds like they might just hold on to him and then just try and trade him in the offseason. We'll see. But what a weird situation for a guy that had 3,000-yard seasons, or I guess he had 4,000 yards through his first three seasons and really hasn't done anything since. So what a weird situation. Um, then obviously the Henry Rugg situation, don't really need to talk about that. Everything can be found online, but super sad. Hopefully there's some resolution to this within the next, you know, year or two. We'll see. I feel like this is just be an NFL litigation issue for a long time. I have no problem with the NFL giving people a second chance, but you got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, there's some guys who have done some inexcusable things and gotten back into the NFL before. My assumption is that Henry Ruggs will not be one of those people, which is fine, but I'm curious to see kind of how they, you know, posture this. It sounds like he's probably doing jail time, so that 
usually doesn't bode well for your NFL future. But we'll see, I suppose. It does possibly mean that there are a few other fantasy viable options in Las Vegas. So that is something to note. All right, looking back at week eight, like I said earlier, Yanni had a really brutal loss to me. Should have beat me. Should have been the second highest scoring player on the week, realistically, but uh, behind Case PB. But instead, he took the L, 116 to 109. Javes beat a wildly underperforming Dax Babycock, 95-75. Allen lost by about 7 points to lead. Both teams scoring under 100 points. NC lost by about 40 to uh, PB, sorry. And Ryan beat an ailing Kisikura by about 30 points, 35 points. So, again, for like the fifth week in a row, standings have not really changed at all. Still PB and Ryan at the top. Then there's Redeker, Dax Babycock, right in, you know, in the middle of that top area, five and three. Then we've got three teams at four and four. And then the rest of the teams are either three and five or two and six. So still nothing is really changing. However, week nine, this week, things will change because PB plays Ryan. So we will have a, a league leader after that happens. Um, Currently, well, let, let me take a look to see exactly what if they had their lineup set, which it looks like they do since there is a game tonight. So as it stands, Case PB has a slight projected total lead over Ryan by three points, but obviously that pretty much means nothing. So it looks like Ryan has a few Monday night players. So by the end of Monday night or possibly Sunday night, we will have a new first place manager. Looking at the waiver wire, some big moves. Lead with a pretty nice 69 nice dollar pickup of McNichols, Jeremy McNichols. He's the pass catching running back and maybe possibly workhorse for the Titans. I think that's a pretty good pickup. I mean, at this point in time in the season, if you've got $69 left, you might as well spend it. Um, not too much value left on the waiver wire going forward, unless it's a situation like this where somebody could be, you know, benefiting. 15 to 20 carries a game. We'll see. Kura got the other half of that backfield. Um, he was able to pick up Peterson, Adrian Peterson. We'll see if the old man can, can keep going. I don't know how old he is, 35, 36, but we'll see. Um, James snaked the New England defense. I don't know how I didn't see that on the waiver wire. I probably couldn't have paid 10 for him because I don't have that much money left. I don't even know if I have 10 left, but that was a nice pickup. So they've been playing pretty well all things considered. This week nine schedule, I don't, I mean, the schedule makers have been good this year. The The primetime games have been awesome. The Monday night games have been great. Even the Thursday night games have been great. But this week, again, for, you know, I've said this a few times now, I just don't like the schedule very much. It doesn't look very fun. This is a good week. Like, I don't know. If it's warm enough, I think in the Midwest it'll be at high 60s, mid 60s. Like, you don't have to watch Red Zone, go apple picking, like, I don't know, go to a cidery or go to a winery or something on Sunday. You don't need to watch these games. They're not very exciting. A lot of good teams playing bad teams. I mean, Bills, Jaguars, that's going to be an absolute stomp, I would have to assume. 
I mean, Cardinals 49ers, if Kyler's not playing, I don't... Colt McCoy is the backup, probably. So that's not what we want to watch. Packers Chiefs, okay, Jordan Love versus Patrick Mahomes. I mean, what the fuck's going on there? Um, Vikings Ravens, I mean, both of these teams are so hot and cold. I don't know. I'm not super excited for this week. So if you got to take one week to maybe go do something else, I would probably do it this week. I think the trade deadline is November 20th. So maybe two weeks from today-ish or so. I know we don't have a lot of trades. I think in a 10-team league, it's really tough to trade. Mostly because you tend to be trading a lot of assets for very similar assets because everybody has bench players in a 10-team league. So it's kind of tough. Everybody kind of tends to stick with what they've got. And the waiver wire tends to be a little bit easier to navigate since there's only 10 teams total, 9 others to compete with, and less spots in the roster. So I can kind of see why trades don't really happen too often. Um, I think maybe me and Redeker was the only trade. And I mean, I don't know if either of us... Actually, Redeker did start one of those players a few times, but I don't even have either of those players on my team anymore, I don't think. So didn't really work out very well for me. But uh, just a reminder that this year, because there's 18 total weeks in the season, 17 games, 15, 16, 17 is the playoffs. Um, obviously, it used to be 14, 15, 16, but it'll be pushed back by one week. So I believe the final week will actually be in January, which is pretty crazy. I was parsing through some of the game day stats, and I thought this was super spooky and just kind of weird. So the top four kickers this year, Nick Folk, Tyler Bass, Matt Prater, Matt Gay, one, two, three, four. The top four teams in our league, Ryan, Casey, John, and Javes, in that order. All four of those kickers are owned in that order by those four managers. So the top four managers have the top four kickers. The point differentials between the top four kickers and the rest isn't even that great. And people, nobody even owns kickers five, six, and seven for whatever reason. Um, now this is not in a average points. This is a total point scored, so it's not counting buys. But I thought it was actually kind of interesting that that's just kind of the way that the the rankings go. So I don't know if any... Well, let's take a look. Yeah, Ryan didn't draft his kicker. Picked him up. PB didn't draft his kicker. Redeker didn't draft his pick, kicker. Javes did draft his kicker. So kind of interesting. Um, it looks like Kura drafted his kicker. Yanni drafted his. So it seems like it's definitely best to not draft your kicker and keep them obviously you could but the top four kickers were or three out of the top four were not drafted by their teams that they're currently playing on so kind of interesting food for thought the same thing actually kind of goes for the defenses too now that i'm looking at it pb javes and redeker all own the top three defenses now ryan's a little bit further down the list as he's been streaming them 
Um, and it looks like Redeker and Javes have been streaming them as well. But kind of does show that spending a few dollars each week on a defense or even just grabbing them off the off the free agent list once the waivers run, if you see they have a good matchup that week or the next week, is significantly more beneficial than just you know picking one and rolling with it. Um, the only one who has had success with that really is is PB. Um, and realistically, he's only had the, the Bills defense for about three weeks now. So, hmm, good to know. So we've had this league for, I think, four years in Yahoo now. Maybe three or four, maybe five. I actually can't remember. But a couple years in Yahoo. So the record book within the Yahoo um, desktop app is really cool, actually. There's some pretty interesting stats they have in here. One of the ones I like the most is points from players drafted um, most and then least, and also points from post-draft acquisitions most and least in a single week, which is really interesting. So Jay's actually set the all-time record for our league. Week five, his players scored 171 points, so players that he drafted, which is a shit ton. Um, I actually set the record for the... No, I didn't set the record, but I did actually have the least amount of points this year so far. Week 7, where I had a whole bunch of injuries out, my drafted players only scored 36. So I think that's a pretty good indication of how your season has gone. Um, a couple times in 2020, super late in the year, it was like Redeker, NC, and Redeker again, or Yanni. They all scored zero. I'm not sure why. Maybe they benched everybody. I don't know. But... It's definitely indicative of a good team, though, as last year, Leeds set the record for average points um, from drafted players and won the league, obviously. So it also shows where somebody is desperately struggling. Somehow, Kura, I'm so sorry, last week versus Ryan, his team scored zero touchdowns. That's that's the least that we've had, obviously. It's the least you can go. But um, one time last week, Ryan had that as well. Sorry, last year. But yeah, zero touchdowns in a single week. Whereas the <clears throat> leader for this year is KCPB, who his team had 13 touchdowns against my team in week five. So, wow. That's a very fascinating stat. Anyways, I will wrap this up. I got distracted by work about 10 times here. Got to make a million cuts in this audio track. And for some reason, my headphones are not noise canceling very well right now. So if you can hear my chair creaking and my mouse clicking, I apologize. I'm not sure why that's happening. I'll try and get it fixed. I still haven't bought a new mic yet, but it seems like overkill. Anyways, Jets Colts tonight, Thursday night, 720 should kind of be a fun game. It'd be fun to watch Jonathan Taylor just absolutely run all over the Jets, which I kind of assume is what's going to happen. He's been a beast this year. I love watching him. He's so much fun. I'm glad that he worked out. So it's been a good time. Um, We'll see how Mike White does. Interested to see. I love the chaos that causes um, with the Zach Wilson stuff. Not that I want Zach Wilson to fail, but it's funny to watch this. You know, they got rid of their backup quarterbacks and they didn't trade for anybody good so that they could be forced to play Zach Wilson. Well, now fucking Mike White balled out with 400 yards and four touchdowns or whatever it was. So we'll see. Um, 
one thing to note for the Packer fans, and I don't, maybe somebody can, if anybody made it to the 20 minute mark of this podcast, <laughs> um, what is going on with the Packers radio syndication? I saw an article and it, it was super early on in the info on this, so I haven't rechecked yet. And I have to work after this, so I'm not going to recheck. So if somebody knows the answer, let me know. But it sounds like Packers are leaving 620 and moving permanently to an iHeartRadio-owned, like, 97.3 or 94.3 FM station. I, like, is that true, or are they still retaining, like, local syndication rights? I don't I don't really know how that's supposed to work. Like, are, is Wayne Larrabee and The Rock or whatever moving? Because I actually listen on the radio all the time. Um... I tend to, you know, if I'm busy on Sunday or whatever, I, if, or if it's a Thursday game or a Monday game, I go to the gym, throw on the radio. It's actually a pretty enjoyable way to process the game. Um, I enjoy it a lot more than I did when I was a kid. So it would be kind of a shame if that, you know, if that all changes. But we'll see. If somebody knows the answer, let me know. I'm, I'm curious. So anyways, good luck this week. Not too much change in the standings. Hopefully um, you guys can enjoy the, the nice weather for this last weekend. It should be pretty nice, actually. So we'll see. All right. Peace out.